0: Everybody. i'm grant and i'm eric and you're listening to the quacking ducks podcast where each week we take turns picking a piece of the media we like and making the other person experience it for the first time and then we talk about it on this podcast grant what did we talk about today
1: today we talked about the podcast video palettes You picked a thing. This I time. did pick
0: a thing. I picked the podcast video palace, which I don't even really understand how I found this. I was just like, so every once in a while, I'll just like go through the browse section of the podcast app. And this was one that like was right up front. I think it was because I happened to browse in Halloween time frame. So I had more spooky things up top.
1: Did't usually a, I
0: it's like difficult to find something like this didn't um, you have a
1: shutter account at some point it wasn't you didn't find yeah, that I, that I did, there. but that
0: wasn't related to this. It was just i think i I just saw those produced by Shudder. I was like, oh, that means okay, I can get what the vibe of this is, oh. and it probably should be okay um and then I read the thing and it was like, oh this is a this is such a I Like, great, I don't know how... I think we've talked about this before, but I don't know how much you've consumed other things that are the genre. And this is, like, uniquely a genre of podcasts. Yeah, you don't yeah, see this any in other media, and that's why I kind of love it, because it's, like... It's the old... Like, I... I always like meta-fiction stuff, you know? So I love mm. a found footage movie where the... F- the fact that the footage was collected is somehow uh, possible or acknowledged in the film. So, like, a Blair Witch is like the easiest example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, podcasts weirdly have like a fuck ton of this stuff of like, yeah. oh, it's we, we, the characters of the podcast, are releasing this podcast about this supernatural thing happening to us. So, it's like well produced creepypasta stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So this was another one, and I had listened to, I've listened to stuff in this genre a lot. Um, I was like, ooh, uh, one made by different people, but like with a very classic kind of context where, so pretty much all these are always like, oh, I found a mysterious thing, so I decided to investigate it, or like this mysterious thing happened to me, and then I spent my whole life investigating it for a podcast. Right. and this well, one just had like a very classic setup like that.
1: Like so um, yeah, like something that we've talked about before, I guess that I, I view as kind of the similar thing, like in a different like it's not as meta, but um when like you talk about like Ghost Watch, like <laughs> that's very much evolved because someone was watching some, you know. Some documentary or paranormal you know investigation t v show and decided, oh what if what if it was real or, yeah. or you know and like and then all all of these spin offs are very much like i think they come the reason they come out of podcasts is that podcasts have a lot of um I don't know if there's a term for it that would uh, that I feel like there should be, but I just don't know it. um, About reporting where the reporter isn't necessarily the story, but Mm -hmm. their journey of discovering whatever it is is kind of the story. It's kind of a weird
0: offshoot of just like general uh, investigative reporting and true, and then like true crime is like. An adjacent genre where sometimes it's just people giving think pieces about a thing that happened right. two hundred years ago. Cause like yeah.
1: like what an example of, of this is like Limetown, which was very much just oh it's serial, but Yeah. It's serial fictional. but
0: supernatural and right. not and
1: scripted. Um right.
0: yeah, and uh black tapes is another like kind of yeah. quintessential one which has like five spin spin-offs at this point. I
1: don't um, know if you've listened to this one, but the message is another one that I liked a lot. Um, I
0: have not. It's been, I've seen it a lot of times. It seemed that one I haven't picked up yet. Cause it, um, my understanding is that one's a little bit more like Lovecraftian or in terms of like, uh, you know, a space sci-fi. ness yeah, is the, yeah. sc- the creepy thing. Yeah. Um, Whereas uh this one kinda exists in like the kind the, the creepypasta slash Japanese horror where we're like um because of the tech the way the tech boom happened in Japan, like uh supernatural kind of like folklore and technology coexisted a little bit better than they do in the in America or the or Western audiences where it's like, oh you either believe in this supernatural thing or cell phones exist. Like, you can't have both! Um, but, like, you know, The Ring is kind of a good example of how, with Japanese horror, that's not the case. It's like, yep, v- film, VHS tapes, cursed objects all collide and it coexist in that space. Mm. Um, and this very much kind of lives of, like, the the grandchild of that, where I think, like, Creepypastas were the the uh, the uh missing link generation between those kind of things mm-hmm. um but yeah so the premise with this one is uh the person is a like a rare vhs collector which is like sure there's collect co- there are co- there's a collector scene for everything so i i buy it um but there's like a super extra secret uh, conspiracy or myth in that scene of uh, these white tapes, which I think that frame, like that framing is pretty common in, in this genre, but I yeah. think it, it's because it's really effective, because it's like, hey, uh, collector cultures exist for everything. Totally buy that. But because I'm not a part of that culture, you can then make up any bullshit about it, and maybe like, That sounds plausible, you know? (laughs) Like you could like you could do a thing where it's like, oh yeah, I'm you know, this podcast is hosted by a furry and also in like a super secret part of the furry community that no one talks about is that some furries are actually werewolves and you're like well, I can't say they're wrong because I'm not part of that group. Like, I I can't speak from that experience to tell them that that's not true. Uh, Fuck, that's actually a really funny
1: podcast pitch. (laughs) I might have to do something with that. Um, I mean, and and the thing that also, like, that these, a lot of these podcasts uh, can deal with, especially this one, is, you know, it's going off of a as far as i know fake uh urban legend mm-hmm. you know and so it's kind of it's playing off of kind of like it's like rediscovering like early internet kind of like things that or, or before or even pre internet stuff of like people just these stories going around nobody really knew how the stories got around about like oh you got to see this this tape of this this mm-hmm. thing and they're actually like, were things that were kind of, you know, like that. Um, I mean, like, the actual, like, memes and, and stuff like that, but then also actual real, like, they mentioned Faces of Death. Like, that was, like, a video that not a whole lot of people could actually get, yeah. but, like, it was, like, a thing that went around, and, like, somebody of somebody of somebody would have a ripoff or whatever, and, like, you know, the similar thing with... Um, in the comedy scene, like the aristocrats, like was this joke, uh, that was on on tape that would go around and it'd be like, you know, it would usually be something like a red tape or, you know, like was the kind of the, the idea. So like it would, you know, that kind of concept did exist both in real life and in just, you know, pop culture, you know, creating something like that. Uh, yeah, you so this it, is that, referencing that happens in the that genre kind of... a lot where it's like you reference the
0: real, like a couple of real things that are like almost this, but then you make up one that's the same concept turned up to 11, and you're like, right. well, they, that like, those other three things they said were true, so I guess that means this could be true too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which, like, yeah, th- this one's weird where, because we've been talking about the genre more. And that's kind of why I like this one is that I think this is the most quintessential example of it. it, it you know, it's kind of like the same things we were talking about with, um, in the Tall Grass and uh, Dreamcatcher, where it's like they're not good Stephen King stories they're just very representative of Stephen King's stories. Sure. You know, and this is I think this is that for this kind of genre where it's like it is very much exactly representative of the pieces that work that had, you know, from this genre the genre as a whole um with <laughs> you know, including some of the faults like there are things where you know, you always have to show how the obsession is starting to um, impact the personal or social life of the the main character in a like, and then it just escalates to like cartoonish levels. Sure. Um,
1: yeah. Th- I, this I, is yeah. guilty
0: of that, the same as most of them are.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that um, there's. Uh, like I do th- I this is definitely a a I would call it something like an average example of the genre cuz there's like little things here and there that this does that a lot of other things do but I, I also think there's a lot of things that have done bits and pieces a lot better than this or like gotten around problems where this one hasn't like uh-huh. for instance I do think one of the one of the big things with this Genre is you sort of have to figure out a way to make it believable enough that they kept recording when stuff goes to shit. And I feel like this had a very average level of that where I was like, yeah, you know, just go with it. Like, that's like, that's the one big, you know, conceit that they're asking you to go on and like it gets to a point where it is kind of ridiculous, but like, that's kind of the problem that you, you bring up on yourself when you're trying to deal with meta, you know, media is that, okay, you wanted it to be meta. So you have to then, you know, deal with more real world logic as opposed to like, Mm -hmm. horror movie logic where people are just stupid and it's okay. And we get it, you know, like that. And I do, so I do think that this one didn't, deal with that quite as well as somewhat like one of the things I liked about Limetown uh, the, the message had a, a similar like conce- like a, a explanation for why it needed to be recorded and stuff. One of the things I liked about Limetown is that it was more directly um, aping serial in that it was acting like it was being made week to week and mm-hmm. that allowed it to like oh, we have this big following and we, you know, are getting responses from you guys. And like, you know, it it made it more of a like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But whereas like with this one, it's like, okay, so you're telling me that they like just recorded that and sent it. To shutter and you know like yeah it just has a weirder kind of like inroad that way yeah I thought um, it was
0: better at it in the beginning than most where it's like oh I can kind of see how you you actually explained how you got from premise to funding and production for a podcast It's like that's kind of cool I don't feel like you usually get it that way um Mm -hmm. the only other example i can think of is the second season of american vandal where it's like hey remember how the the vfx in season one were really good right it's because actually Mm -hmm. they used to be really shitty when they were on uh, vimeo yeah but then netflix actually purchased the rights to our documentary and re-released it on netflix with the special effects i was like oh shit that makes sense because yeah the 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 CGI and recreations and stuff are not a thing a kid could do. Right, right. Um that yeah, that was kind of the only instance that of handling that it, like really well. This I, one did, I, did, it was like, oh yeah, like they're not just acknowledging a like weird fiction like like, these are our producers and stuff, like, yeah, cool, those are also characters, but it's like, yeah, no, we're produced by Shudder, I'm like, okay, Shudder I know is real, like,
1: that's a real right. company,
0: so... Right.
1: right, and like, the fact that, you know, we're gonna go full spoilers here Damn. this morning, the fact that, like, <laughs> the guy just disappears at the end, Yeah. it's kind of like, well, wait, hold, Shudder approved this? Like, yeah. you sent them all your audio... Yeah, and then, they're and then they were like, okay, like, cool, we're going to put this on the air. You
0: can argue that in some, like, Black Tapes and, and uh, Tannis, because they're, cause they're yeah. always like, we're real journalists, so therefore we have a the public has a right to know, journalism responsibility, that's why we keep airing the po- the podcast episodes. <sighs> it's like, I don't know if I buy that, but at least I believe that the character buys that. Yeah,
1: it's kind um, of. I I kind of wish that there was a way to ensure that people would still potentially see stuff like this and and to release it in a more um like part of the problem is that podcasts are so full of competitive large companies that mm-hmm. like it's not a super accessible like like it, it's weird. It's a medium that is set up that. Yeah, anybody can literally make a podcast, and point prove it. We're literally doing it. Being us, like anybody can make a podcast and put it on SoundCloud or whatever, and have twelve people listen to it a week, and that's that's possible. But that's not gonna get anywhere. So, like you know, like that that doesn't get out to people Mm -hmm. in the same way unless you actually put effort. You know, into promoting and yeah. marketing, which then kind of hurts the the narrative of some of these things where it's like, it, we don't have um, quite the same setup as like, you know, like Marble Hornets, like exploded on YouTube. Yeah. And like, I'm sure there's been a ton of people that have tried that, but like Marble Hornets just got, you know, lucky and was good. So they were able to just kind of appear on yeah. on youtube and people they dug it were and spread very and very you know.
0: underproduced and, and i don't mean that derogatory i just mean like no, yeah, their yeah. budgets were tiny as shit so like
1: yeah.
0: it allowed the the like labor to value to return to kind of be like yeah it makes sense i can see why someone would spend the amount of time that they're doing for um i think they they actually like people like either got the rights sold or whatever. So like they made money in the end, so I'm very happy for those people.
1: Right. Um, I just mean that it was it was the most effective way to make their right. narrative it has believable. To be found right.
0: nature right. naturally or found by word of mouth. Like right. that that oh fuck. Yeah, Marble Horns is such a good example because I remember uh I remember uh the friend who introduced it to Will who then introduced it to me and then I remember introducing it to, like, Kyle and Connell, and I uh, introducing it to friends back home and stuff. So it, it, I mm. remember being part of that word-of-mouth marketing, yeah. which yeah, is, like, yeah. a weird thing. Like, I, I've definitely been part of word-of-mouth marketing in other instances of my life, but I don't... Marvel Horns is the only one where I remember that as part of the experience of consuming that piece of mm. art um which is really interesting. I did try go ba- going back to it and like I th- I think I think it it's, it's it hit a special place in my heart because I watched it as a college student while it was being made by college students.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So it felt very uh like closer to home. Now I'm like oh this looks like a bunch of kids made it and it's like yes right. that's true, but when I watched it I was a kid. So it felt like a it just felt more real in a weird way yeah
1: um, that's a tangent my favorite i just really want to briefly say
0: mm-hmm.
1: my, if anybody hasn't watched marble hornets like i don't know go check it out yeah it probably doesn't age as well but one of the things that was funny in marble hornets was they had a, a consistent thing of, of trying to put into the background like usually into like deep background yeah that have, like hide slender man and my favorite episode is I think they just miscalculated and they filmed an episode with a guy standing next to a window and like literally right outside the window behind like two leaves is the Slender Man just standing there. Yeah, and with like, like a one leaf over his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, and no, I think about it all the time as just like. And a very see, big misguided. It's one of those things <laughs> like, where also
0: like atmosphere when you're consuming the media matters. Cause like if you have like a whole so I this is a thing I did. If you have like all of season one, the good season, on a flash drive, and you're like at a, like staying over someone's house for a night and is like, no, like we should watch this. It's creepy as shit. Give like whatever the one sentence pitch is and convince people. Like there the fact that there's no ambient audio design at all means like the room is fucking silent mm-hmm. and even that thing, which sounds so fucking silly when we describe it and, and, um, dissect it. It works in that atmosphere, you know? Cause you don't, you don't know yet. You don't really, you don't know that you're supposed to be looking for and seeing Slender Man in the background. Mm. Uh, so then, like the first time you catch it, you're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And to, I, and, and, and then I, it, and I, then I, it cuts I, quick enough that you're not like lingering on it and being like, "Wow, this is stupid." Um, the second time you watch it or the second you talk about it at all, it is
1: very silly. Um, I, I think it, they did a good job for most of them. Yeah, I, I that is that, definitely the worst one, one thing I saw. Like him immediately. Okay. And God, I was like, you are
0: you ever consistently a lot better about that stuff? Or,
1: for uh, honestly, hmm. to
0: your detriment, like to the detriment of your experience <laughs> most of the time.
1: Right. Because um, I was just kind of like, wait, is that Slender Man like right there? Yeah. I, I
0: usually catch it the second time, and then I use humor and critical analysis to like distance myself from the actual creepiness of it. Like mm. the first time I watched that series, it was like, "Oh, this is fucking creepy," and I literally don't want to watch this by myself. Uh yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, Video Palace. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did like about this, I think, um, because the I I think or in this one in particular, it's not it's my kind of just the subject matter they happen to choose. Because uh, I've talked to Grant about this before, I really like that aspect of like finding a movie that none of your friends has talked about yet, mm-hmm. like, or and like you know you haven't seen any marketing buzz for it. You just like somehow found that one YouTube video of like the top ten horror movies your friends aren't talking about, and then one of them catches your interest, and then you go watch it, and it's actually great. Like, I love that. And this podcast kind of is like, it's about uh people who also like that, but it just goes into like, it kicks off a Goonies adventure, mm-hmm. you know, but like the, I, I do like that idea of like, oh, hey, like, have you heard of this thing? It could be real. It could be fake. Who knows? Like, that's actually kind of a fun adventure kind of thing you could do. Um, I am actually kind of surprised we haven't seen anyone try to take these this genre, but do it with a just straight up adventure road trip, Goonies s kind of theme instead of always going to the creepy horror stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do think that's one thing that does this a disservice. Where it's like it's kind of the, it's a similar thing of trying to do like any kind of adaptation of um, Lovecraft stuff where the thing that works about it is the unknown you know a a good creepypasta or a good lovecraft thing it it will say like oh man this color is indescribable it's so creepy because of how i can't describe it and like that totally works in a book in a podcast you go like wow that's fucking weird it's weird that that Got uploaded like you're saying um this one I think at yeah. least makes it within the realm of believability, you know, like yes, there's an aspect of like, oh, their friend uh seems to be in a car accident related to the investigation, but it's like nothing proves that true, nothing proves that there actually is like a violent cult happening at mm. most it, it, you know it sounds the same, like you could explain away everything in this as like. They're not getting enough sleep. They keep harassing people that they shouldn't be, and then they bang on their car windows. Accidents happen, and people have bad luck sometimes. And this guy is, like, weirdly susceptible to certain audio frequencies. Mm -hmm. All those things are very believable, and it's not even that believable for them all to be true. Or it's not that hard to believe for them all to be true. Versus, like... I think Tan like uh, spoilers for the first season of Tannis It's aggressively implied that the guy like goes into another dimension and comes back, and then they do mm. a season two. And it's like, right. no, that didn't happen, and right. I'm not going to believe that you're still report- <laughs> posting a podcast about it instead of like being buried in a government facility, being experimented on. Mm. You know, like you, like I. That's why I kind of don't want. I don't think I know. This is kind of build in season one. I don't think a season two would be a good idea for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I could I definitely set up a possibility of one. Yeah, uh, I would prefer it if they did not. Um, I, I yeah, it feels like it would just make the story even more uh Yeah, like yeah, I I do think um, one thing that this didn't do that. I'm sort of surprised it didn't do. I was kind of expecting it to go the route of them to have a little bit more information on what was going on. Mm-hmm. And like, one of the ways that this story can kind of go is kind of the way that um, Hereditary went and some other things like the ritual and stuff, where there's a supernaturally like urban legend and then the people investigate it. And they're going to find some, like, weird kind of super, like, seems kind of weird stuff, and they're not so sure. But then they find that there's a bunch of, like, there's a group of, like, 50 people that are humans that believe in that thing. And mm-hmm. then that's kind of the scary thing for a little bit, is, like, this cult of people who really believe this crazy thing. And then at the end, oh, the people who are crazy turn out to be right, and the, the horror exists. Yeah. You know, like, that's... That's a way to go, and I kind of thought they were leading there a little bit and they near the end. Do the problem is we don't know what the well, horror is exactly. that they believe yeah. in, right? It, it, it's not like yeah, they, they do do that. They just don't explain it enough yeah. to be like, uh, they're witches, and that's like so they're praying yeah, to say Yeah, it's like, or like oh, whatever it is, like you producing know, producing
0: these tapes. Cool. Why? Because they open the door. Cool. to, to what? Right, eyeless right. man. No, no, no! Don't shut up. That's a different thing. That's that's just a Slenderman knockoff. Don't add right. don't add a different horror element to this that you're not yeah. ready for.
1: Yeah. So it's one of those things where, yeah, I wish they had done that a little bit, or at least I, I kind of expected that, and then they didn't go that way, and I was like, okay. But then I still I don't know it didn't feel like it had. It certainly felt like it was setting it for season two because it didn't hmm. really feel like they got enough information, yeah. To, you know, to really, you know, it's they, like, yeah. Okay, they didn't um, even
0: give you enough information to worry about, like, oh, what if there really is a, an eyeless right. man? I'm like, so what? I don't know what if that's a threat or not. Yeah, like I'll
1: just avoid blind people and white VHS T. Yeah, versus like, yeah,
0: versus <laughs> like marble horns and Slenderman. it also kind of did that they didn't have like a whole group but they did have the the right. the characters that were the clearly followers. like possessed yeah. or something
1: yeah
0: and there it's like oh no because it's a visual thing it's like oh why do i not want Slenderman to be real because i don't want him fucking in my room while i'm sleeping like that's, that's yeah enough i don't yeah. need more information than that Um, and I don't want fucking people in weird Jabberwocky masks in my apartment (laughs) either. Yeah,
1: Uh, Uh, (laughs) I will say one thing that did I don't know hinder me a little bit with this podcast, and I don't know if you feel the same. (laughs) I really didn't like the main guy. Um, Did you not like the character or the voice actor? I didn't like the character.
0: Okay, because I I didn't like. Both, but I didn't like the voice actor more than I didn't like the character. That's because, (laughs) for me, the voice actor sounds exactly like John David Booter from *Dun Disappeared*,
1: which is the. (laughs) Do you remember (laughs) listening to that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Which is it's this same genre, but it's a hugely farcical spoof, and it's amazing. And it only works if you listen to like a bunch of true crime podcasts. (laughs) But it's hilarious. And his voice sounds exactly the same. So it like does. every time they. I was I just like, thinking about that. <laughs> I just kept thinking of the ads from Dun Disappeared where it's just yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> uh, using the code John David Booter, get subscription to Box of Shit. Once a month, Box <laughs> of Shit will send you a Box of Shit.
1: <laughs> I I didn't like the character. And the entire time. I was like, man, this guy is a shit boyfriend. It wasn't that he turned into a shit boyfriend because he got obsessed with this thing. He was a shit boyfriend from the beginning. And I just wanted him to disappear. And when he did, I was like, sweet, cool. Now she doesn't have to deal with this shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's almost kind of like, this is a weird comparison, but it's like, if you take all the cool atmosphere stuff out of The Shining and you're just left with like, Oh yeah, this family was doomed to fail from the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: it's—I think that's notoriously like a big part of what Stephen King didn't like about that adaptation, because it's like, what? No, Jack Torrance's failing is supposed to be tragic because he was like a normal dad guy. Mm. It's like, no, it's Jack Nicholson, literally a crazy person, and has always (laughs) been a crazy person. But yeah, I, I agree I did not It was kind of one of those things where I at least I... He he was while well, he was definitely a bro friend the entire time, it was within the realm of believability. Not the within the realm of likability. I was oh, like yeah. yeah, okay. And sometimes they totally. don't do that. So like I really there's a lot of times where I thought you know, like the part where he is yelling in his sleep and she freaks out like th- there's a lot of like thudding sounds so it's like I swear to God if he just like f- went full demon possessed and like threw a lamp at her and she's still around that that's not gonna that's a thing a lesser podcast would do and I feel like I have heard that in the, the genre mm-hmm. of just like oh yeah well ev- either I drive everyone away to allow me to go even crazier on my own or everyone sticks by me for no reason, even though I've gone completely crazy. And this was, like... It's within the realm of possibility, you know? They didn't bring the, like, promise me you'll stop. Actually, I fucking broke the promise until the last episode, which usually right. the haps within, right. happens within, like, the first three.
1: Right, And it this, this is a pretty common, like, trope, for sure. And mm-hmm. I, usually it's, like... Like, you know, like... Usually it's not... I don't know. I I mean, I just, for whatever reason, I really didn't like him. Or I feel like, you know, certain, sometimes it's, like, shown, like, it is more depicted as, like, an outgrowth of, like, uh, he wants to figure out, this guy wants to figure out what the fuck's going on or whatever. Mm. And, but, like, I, like it, I think Paranormal Activity, the first one, had a similar kind of thing where, like, yeah, like, it, that one was similar in that the, the boyfriend initially kind of was not like he, he was pushing through his idea of like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna record this, and then you know, you have the other character being his girlfriend and being like, what? No. That's, like, because you have, to, it's weird, I think it's a weird way that people try to get around the mm-hmm. meta-awkwardness of recording yourself is like, they're like, oh, well, someone has to speak up for the fact that this is odd. The only other person that's there and that's going to be recorded is a girlfriend. So we'll have her say this is odd, and then we'll have him override her and say, Damn. "No, I'm going to do it." And it's like, okay, that I get that—that's a problem you have to solve. But a lot of people go that same route of solving of just yeah, uh, it's no, a make the, at this point. Make the boyfriend just a dick who. Like is gonna, you know, decide for the group of them, and then okay. Go I just have an idea that whatever. would at
0: least be able to twist the trope around to the to a point of believability. Hmm. I would love to see the same kind of thing, but utilized with characters who are, uh, YouTubers or Twitch streamers or influencers. Say, I was gonna say
1: people that are like. I think I, think, I do think that as you make the story about a younger and younger generation, it becomes less of a problem. Yeah. Like, well, I
0: just mean, like, have have the characters... Like, we always do this thing of, like, something weird happened, so I decided to start creating a podcast, or right, I started right. res- recording myself at sleep, and it's like, if they're already an influencer, it would be like, you know, hey, hey, uh Quacking Duck fans, you know how I already record ninety percent of my life, anyways, because right. of uh, because of my job. Well, now I'm going to pivot slightly because a weird thing happened to me. I'd be like, well, at least the girlfriend already has proven a level of acceptance of this lifestyle or, or right. partner, I should say. Um, you know, and like it's not even that uncommon for you know, in the same way that like any kind of career path is somewhat insular. Anecdotally it does seem like YouTubers always date other YouTubers. So it's like, oh yeah, your partner yeah. would have no problem with you recording them because they'll probably just post their own think piece or
1: vlog about this about or, the ghosts or, on their channel. Or, or at the very least they're used to it. Like like yeah. this certainly this certainly does change. Like I think you're right. I think this certainly does change if the character who's being haunted or whatever is Casey Neistat. Exactly. As his wife has already fucking dealt with that, like, already. <laughs> like, yep. they already, they've already gotten past that point of deciding it, for sure. So, yeah. That, yeah I just the-
0: think that would be a weird, like, but also imagine how fucking crazy that would be if someone, like, either do a, like, a, like it's a, a art piece that you pitch an existing influence to, to work with you on, or, like, you would actually have to establish, like, a, like six months of a YouTube career first to then do to then switch to a Marble Hornet story.
1: That would be pretty intense if it was like that yeah, would be amazing. I, I think I think also some of this could also use some of the I, I think it would use lessons from some of the experimental stuff that's been done with um uh screen space films mm-hmm. like uh searching and um What's the fuck yeah I still uh, need a C searching? That one looked uh, really good. What's the video chat one? Uh I know you did last summer, but on Skype. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um Unfriended? Yes. Um
0: Two was the good one, just just for people's awareness.
1: Yeah. But but uh but yeah, so like those, you know, are are kind of in that realm of mm-hmm. Stuff. So yeah, you could use something where the first time anybody sees anything, it's a streamer who falls asleep while playing a game, and then mm-hmm. somebody in their chat comments like, "Yo, what the fuck was that thing?" Fuck, that walked if you did it you? on like, Twitch, that would be insane. Yeah, imagine yeah. it
0: being a live streamed thing.
1: Yeah, so. and it, it, it,
0: it ma- okay. Imagine the silly ugh, fuck. It would be kind of tough. It like imagine not exist like playing too long. But imagine some of the shots of like. Slenderman in the background and Marble Hornets, but in a Twitch stream. So you're like, uh, uh, that that thing, and then like just have the person not react, like in some kind of scenario where they're not gonna be looking at chat yet. Mm-hmm. Then they look at it and that's they're they're like, yeah, that, I was looking at back at the the clips from mm-hmm. last week and. Yeah, it definitely looked like there was something behind me there.
1: I, I, the that, could, only, that could be really cool. That would be cool. The only thing is, is that I don't trust Twitch, and so I think that what is oh, more likely over- to happen- Oh, the shit out of it. Oh, no, no, no. I don't trust the community of Twitch. Oh. I, meaning, my expectation is that um there would be somebody in a ghost mask, and then wherever they're filming that thing- um, they'd get swatted in the uh, middle of yeah, yeah. their stream and, like, that, not go That's so an well. inherent Twitch so, problem. You're, you're not like, wrong, but yeah. I feel like if you somehow... I feel like you can get a lot of the same coolness by making a... Like, certainly you miss a live neatness yeah. about it, but if you if you did something like that to... as either a, like... You know, it, it, yeah, doing it with the collection of videos makes so it's it a lot more YouTube producible. But, but you could even you could even upload the videos to YouTube as if they were the the captures from Twitch or whatever. Yeah, I mean you don't have it, to I, edit I, it. I like, I like
0: the 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 closer closer you can get to like a holistic um, meta thing, the better. Like the honestly, the movie is not good. But the entire the narrative of Blair Witch was like, Ooh. you know, like that does it perfectly because you, know you also be cool. have like blogs and all this sh- stuff that supports the existence of this
1: film. Something that I feel like people, someone could do is to make it essentially some sort of like live Twitch ARG. So like to promote, like so like for say the Blair Witch game or something. Mm-hmm. Someone made oh a shit, thing yeah. of someone twitching. You know, it's a fake person, so they're out a set, so you don't have to worry about swatting. But, like, the, someone's streaming them playing the Blair Witch. Yeah. And then the Blair Witch is showing up in the background or whatever the fuck, you know. All that, that would kind be of stuff. great,
0: cause, uh, especially because, like, um, Gearbox kind of set this precedent of, like... <laughs> and other companies have been doing it for a while. I just remember Gearbox it being a big one, where it's like, come to this location to play our game... And also you can live stream from there to your channels. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's all normal, normal, normal. And either have the streamers in on it or not, but also it's like, oh no, also like some some shit's gonna go down. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be cool. And then it's kind of like a one-off thing, but if it's just like it was a surprise to everybody, like no one knew that there's gonna be this extra layer to it, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um... I personally, I like the I like it when it's not a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, well, a horror thing here makes sense. Like, um I'm trying to think of an example, but there it's kind of the inverse. This isn't a really good example, but do you remember the, the tutorial videos Bri- Brian showed me once and I showed you that YouTube channel? Where where it was like the the title and anything in the description of the YouTube video was like you know this I'm about to do a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial video but then the content of it was always like a crazy person first person holding a camera like locked in a room oh, or like
1: yeah. running
0: through the woods and they're yeah. like they have like clawed grown out fingernails and stuff yeah. and that but the voice is just like. Uh, so, this is my uh, YouTube tutorial video, and yeah, they're like yeah. running through the woods and stuff. Yeah, I like the inverse of that, where it's just like it's so much more bizarre to me because that's the thing
1: with the tree in the yeah, yeah. That, yeah. What, my yeah. favorite, uh, yeah. favorite tutorial
0: was the like uh, today. I'm gonna show you how to, to weatherize a hole, and they're clearly weatherize like improvising, just fact. looking for things in the woods, and they find like a can of like um, sealant that was like half exploded, and they're just like shoving the can in a, a open hole in a tree. It's like today I'm gonna show you how to weatherize a hole, and then they just shove it in. It's like, yep that that's how you do it. Uh, yeah. Anyways, like comment and subscribe. I think it's I want to find the actual YouTube channel just yeah, so we'll I get put, the we'll name. Put a, we'll
1: put a link in yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I remember that
0: yeah uh, but yeah uh that kind of that kind of level of just the 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 creepiness with a situation that has no inherent creepiness i i think I find that more um unsettling in that mm-hmm. kind of situation than if it's like, oh yeah, did you see the publicity stunt that they did for the the blair witch uh thing it's like yeah that Totally makes sense. Like it, it, it was. It would be a effective execution on this idea, but that's kind of a different art piece than, uh, yeah, this, you know, idea. more where like the the this is the media that they're trying to produce kind of right. thing,
1: right? Versus just marketing idea. something else. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I. ARGs are one of those things that, like, in general, I think the whole. Genre of ARGs uses marketing. It's one of those things where it's like it's really easy to be cynical about and and to, but like they are cool, but they have rules that they obviously need to follow because they're an officially done thing. But you know, like so. yeah,
0: I I think ARGs are fascinating and and really interesting art and design, um, generally speaking. But from purely from like a taste standpoint, it's like if we're gonna do something. Meta or something that that treats itself as real within the real world. I want to avoid breaking that as much as possible. Which right. the end of it being to sell you a product is like the complete opposite of that. Right,
1: right. It, it certainly like sucks when the answer is drinker or Ovaltine. Like yeah. yeah. Like it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Versus like if you can make, you know, like yeah. I, I would say, like again, I think Blair Witch actually does that well because the the marketing material outside the like this movie's real go see the movie like trailer like but the blog post and stuff it's like that just is a blog post that exists within the same universe where this film is real and just supports that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think it depends on what it's what is the idea that your marketing material is trying to convey. Is is it trying to convey this piece of art exists, and you should go buy it. Or is it trying to
1: convey this piece of art is real, and you should right, believe right. that's it's real? It's like, it's then like that's exactly cl- I think, what I, I want. Cloverfield had a couple of like yeah things like that where I was like you know and that's where I would think the Blair Witch thing would be where it's like it doesn't end with like a splash screen of how to buy a Blair Witch, but it it's it's technically sto- shorter stories in the same universe. Yeah. that Yeah, like, and, and I
0: think with Cloverfield that's weird because like. The film actively disproves that because it's like, no, it didn't. A monster didn't destroy the Statue of sure, sure. Liberty. <laughs> I would have heard of that. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of stuff I think is super interesting. Um, I love video game. Now that we're we're kind of just talking about meta fiction stuff, and I am fine with it. Uh there's a handful of games that I think exist, kind of in that space. That I think are really cool. Um, there's a game that I've never really experienced, but I like thinking about. I think it's called Sad Sein, which is like <laughs> it's a game that exists on. Do you have to tour. say it that way? You have I, to say I, it. it was. I, sad I, remember, I was. Satan. Googling, I was typing it as I like said. But yeah, the game exists. Like, you have to get a Tor browser to access the game. So already that just elevates the creepiness of it, right? Right, right. Um, And then, like, uh, my favorite... uh, My favorite example, because it's creepy and unsettling, but it's not... It it does that, like, juxtaposition or that subversion really well is Sonic Dreams Collection.
1: Right.
0: You know how much I love that. I'm gonna avoid spoiling anything for that. I think you can get the experience equally well if you watch uh, a YouTube video of people playing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sonic Dreams Collection also great meta piece of art. Um, yeah, this one is kind of like or, or going back to um, Video Palace, it's like I think what it, what it, I like about it, bizarrely, is that it's uh, it's a very good foundational place. And, and once you are comfortable talking about that, like what me and Grant have been doing, you can then just be like, oh, here's this crazy idea of how I make it even cooler. Or it could go in this other direction with a crazy idea that would also be much cooler. You know, mm-hmm. it's good, like, uh, like inspiration food,
1: you yeah. know? Yeah, it's definitely – yeah, it's a good – it's like a conversation starter. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, I have this. And that's – I think just in general, that's kind of one of the things that makes it so perfect for this podcast is that we specifically like anything that we can take like this where, oh, okay, and now I have thoughts and I want to discuss how Mm -hmm. I would change it or how I would do differently or or what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, why didn't I like those things, Mm -hmm. you know, like – yeah and I love when um, that pivots into
0: like well now we're so far removed from the original idea, and now we just have our own concepts right. that we're that we're workshopping.
1: I will say one additional thing about this that i did I did like that worked very uniquely for I would say us is that the like the the video store is set in a fictional town in Vermont.
0: Yeah, I was trying to be like is it would I know when, like try and place it in my drive from Massachusetts mm. to Vermont like where I would think it would exist. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, yeah, the location is kind of interesting. Um Yeah, Vermont does feel like a place where I could see that existing. Um, I almost kind of wish they had some supplementary material of like, oh, I was actually able to find this video, this photo of what the what the outside looked like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kind of depending on that information, I can change the level of believability of a place like that being there. Where it's like, mm-hmm. if it's like a barn with a sign that says "Video Palace, I'm like, fuck yeah. There's some. I've s- literally seen bookstores that are that. In mm-hmm. in that area, but if you do the like kind of classic video rental like neon signage, I'm like that. No, it doesn't. Right, that, do, right. that
1: doesn't exist
0: in Vermont. Right, right. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I, uh, yeah. I did. I did uh, the entire time was also just like listening. Like, okay, so are they summoning deer dogs or what's, what's <laughs> the thing? It's our own cryptid that we've. Yeah, uh, our group has dealt with. Um but yeah. Um yeah overall it was it was it was fine. It was oh, fine. The one <laughs> the one like bit of their investigation section that like made me just be like, okay, come on was they they had uh, their friend who later goes into the coma listening to it, and she's, like, a musician or something. And so it's like, okay, cool. So, like, she can line up the audio files, whatever. Believe that. Believe that. And then she talks about some melody and some, like, stuff that's, like, you know, music theory-y about, like, oh, like, this thing is a, is, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's like an Im- it's an imperfect triad and it's in between a perfect fourth and a something else and it was like that you know that that's why right, it's uh, banned by the church and then and, and that like that thing is you know like this you know actual you know it is an actual like thing and bit of music theory and i was like okay cool like okay i get like they're tying in some stuff like that um and then they kind of just like abandoned that and then they are kind of like wait listen to that tapping i think that's a tap code i know some guys who are really into tap code solving and i was like what what the fuck are you talking about no you don't who what like what 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 is it morse code is that just what you're talking about no it's an obscure tap code that like prisoners use to talk to each other so the guards won't know it's like what the fuck are you talking about, and how do you know about this? This is not just a random bit of knowledge that you get to pull out of your ass yeah. because like not this is not a thing that you, I, did, musicians know. That like, is the thing I love about
0: uh that's a it's a bad trope I love about the genre where it's like everyone knows three things, and those three things will definitely be
1: useful in this mystery right. well, and, it, and it is it is a like mystery trope. It, it, but it like it's straight up just like bad writing to not set that thing as a expectation ahead of time. Like the music stuff was, I was on board. It was good, and then hard right into. I, see, I thought you were going to say like, the, like, just because this river, is the devil's. No, that's fine. Know, musical that's musical. No deal. thing that's was going to be the thing. thing. That's an actual thing, and then oh, I, I know. Like, While, while dramatic or whatever, it at least ties into what that person does for a living and makes it like makes sense that they know it instead of, you know, prisoner code. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and like, (laughs) you know,
0: that I almost feel like you could make a like, um, like a werewolf card game based around these tropes where it's like, everyone knows, uh, two things they know, you know, like based on their their career, they know this one thing that makes sense and this other thing that makes
1: it's just like a random bit trivia, but it will definitely play out. Well, um, and, and that's fine. I, I guess the thing the thing that's rough, right, it becomes poor writing when it when it turns from, OK, I believe that that character knows it and it goes mm-hmm. into, OK, so the author wrote like or read an article and thought it was cool. Right, and like so, you know, when it, when you're too obvious, with you, you're just like, I just know about this thing in real life, and I want to talk about it, so I'm gonna yeah. put this character in that. Yeah, knows you can about definitely no feel reason. that
0: sometimes.
1: Uh, the thing I was
0: gonna say, because like you mentioned, yeah, it is kind of a, a, just a mystery trope in general. The difference is with uh these podcasts where like, that's different than like a Perot novel or something. Is in a novel, you can have like. Ten characters who all know one thing, right? In a right. podcast, because of voice casting and stuff, you all you have three characters who all know three things, and it's like doesn't necessarily mean those three things will make sense. You know, it's kind of the, it's like the the like oh hey thank god I knew why uh, European countries don't refrigerate their eggs because that's gonna be <laughs> that is the thing that solved this mystery. You know. Yeah. Like, it's just these weird, like... Eventually, someone's gonna bust out, like, a weird fact. Or they or they just... You know, they modified the audio or the video, and now now it reveals a thing. You know, those are usually yeah. the two kind of, like, hand-waviums that happen in this, of like, Ah, oh, shit, we're at dead end. Well, I just happened to run this... The, all of our evidence through this software, and now I found new evidence! Yay, mm-hmm. we're no longer in a dead end!
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's fun. Fun stuff. I do want to say, because I think we're wrapping up, literally anytime Grant tries to talk about the podcast Video Palace, his audio is completely garbage for me. Anytime we're talking about anything that is not the podcast Video Palace... Comes through perfectly clear. Ooh, so, what does that say? Spooky. spooky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Well, uh, enjoy listening to podcasts and coming up with your own cooler versions, people. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. See ya. And we're not doing a real closure? Uh, no. Fuck. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> do you forget uh, how we do this? <laughs> uh, t- Did you watch t- white t- tapes that fucking t- gave you t- brain damage, Hank it, or whatever the fuck it is? Ah, <laughs> uh, the the It. I don't remember what his, his chant is, but that's what I was going for. Um, yeah, I guess we'll do an actual closure then. Okay, Dave, leave all this in. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh since we're going to go, we're going to thank Brenna for her awesome artwork, and we're going to thank Dave for editing, but not editing out me being a dumbass, just editing in general, uh, and theme music. Dave knows theme music. He probably knows the tap code. Yeah, he probably well, I'm does. Gonna ask him. And two other facts that are useful yeah. to our investigations.
0: Cool.